What's up, ladies? I'm Pranjal Jane. And I'm Malavika Khanan, and you're listening to Brown Sugar. In our first ever episode, Brown Boyology, Rachel and I are delving into the precarious science of dating, loving, and resisting brown men. We've got a love-hate relationship with our boys. While brown men can be toxic and misogynistic, Mm -hmm. they're also struggling with body image, racism, and gender roles, just like us. So, brown boys, where do we even begin? If this were precise science, which it totally is. Definitely is. We might begin by examining the different types of brown boys, the genealogy, if you will. Right, so we've got the types of boys who use racial slurs that they're not supposed to, which I think is scientifically correlated to the kind of boy who looks like the Baldi's AirPods meme. Do you know what I'm talking about? (laughs) (laughs) Of course I do. (laughs) Why does every brown brother look like that? Like, why are they all with that exact same, like, that faded beard? (laughs) Listen, I'm not going to lie to you. I low-key fuck with it. <laughs> They're late to the beard and mustache, though, because I feel like we brown girls were growing that like way before they got their own wispies. <laughs> no, I completely agree. And that's why they, like, compensate for it. But it's nice to know, like, like it's nice to know there's, like, a uniform look. You know what I mean? It, it like, gives me comfort, my Taipei personality. <laughs> <laughs> or I was also thinking about, like, the cocky boys in STEM. I see no shortage of them at Stanford. Like, the boys who, like, have started mm-hmm, a company mm-hmm. at age 16 are majoring in computer science. Like, the boys who mm-hmm. think that, like, liking the Wolf of Wall Street is a personality. The boys who check, like, stocks <laughs> the way they check their horoscopes. <laughs> or I'm thinking about, like, Imagine. the fuck boys who try to get with girls at parties who have clearly never been with a girl Classic. before. Yep. You can definitely tell. What could you add to the science of brown men? Yes. Okay, so the first type that I'm thinking of is the Nikhils to Nicks, um, a.k.a. the brown boys <laughs> that won't date a woman of color, uh, but will only marry Sanskari brown girls. Mm-hmm. Um, and then and then I'm thinking of the classic Ache Bache Abbies. Um, oh, they're usually rocking the gym shorts and graphic tees. Um, they'll cook dinner for you and are amazed by the excitement you, a flirty and vocal brown girl, brings to their JavaScript-filled mm-hmm. lives. Um <laughs> and then lastly, the IB and corporate brown boys, um, the reigning corporate feminists, that is, if you're lucky. Um, they'll talk all about supporting their partners, but are in a state of constant threat if, God forbid, you're more successful than them or voice opinions that are different than theirs. We need to talk about that, like the insecurity that brown men have when brown women outperform them, which I feel like we consistently yep. do. But no, Definitely, <laughs> definitely. But our community is finally, thankfully, having these long overdue conversations about misogyny and toxic masculinity and gender roles like I was thinking about how in the past year within the South Asian community we've had a lot of brave survivors coming forward and really paving the way for how we talk about like consent and power dynamics in the community we also have men who are coming forward to normalize interracial relationships or even like same-sex relationships Mm -hmm. for men in the LGBTQ plus brown community Yeah, and it's so beautiful, but, you know, there's still a long way to go. Um, Earlier last year, you might have seen an infographic circling around Instagram that was unpacking Mm -hmm. the tears of brown boy misogyny. Um, Created by writer Hibba Sohail, 
It uses a pyramid to describe three layers of misogyny that we, as brown women, often encounter from our men. Uh, but before we get into a discussion of Hibba's theory, I want to issue a trigger warning here for potential discussions of rape culture during this discussion. This episode might not be comfortable for everyone, and we encourage listeners to pause, leave this episode if they need it, and practice self-care throughout. For sure. Thanks for that, Prunchal. Like you said, Hiba Sohail really has brown boy misogyny down to a science. So she actually breaks down their misogyny mm-hmm. into a three-part pyramid. So the lowest tier, which is seemingly the least harmful, but actually the most pervasive, is what she calls simping culture. So like this culture of like yep. performative behavior where men like adopt feminist language, nice boy persona to appeal to women, but the whole time they're actually using pretty awful and slut-shaming rhetoric behind our backs. Yeah, you know, like expressions like she belongs to the streets. I hate that. Or like even the idea of hoe behavior is something I hear like these kinds of nice boys are weaponizing against women to distinguish themselves from sexually liberated women. Yeah, and you know, it gets more intense. The next tier, according to Hibba, is the Mia Khalifa tier, which is, as the name suggests, participating in and even enjoying the sexual sexual exploitation of women, um, including those in sex work, while simultaneously shaming them. And the top tier, unfortunately, is the most violent tier. So this is things like assault and then like gaslighting the victims or otherwise trying to avoid accountability. When it comes to unpacking the misogyny in our relationships with brown men, it's really helpful to have all these problems and tiers laid out. Because unfortunately, without stories, without explanations, misogyny is one of those things that perpetrators can ignore. We were fortunate to interview Hiba herself for this episode. We'll be hearing from her right after the break. Hi, Hiba. Thank you so much for coming on Brown Sugar with us. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. No, we're so excited to have you. Um, And first off, thank you so much for your brilliant mind and emotional labor um, in writing that piece on brown misogyny. Uh, We just want to start off and ask you, um, what led you to write that viral post? Okay, so I wrote this July of last year, and that, like, whole month, a lot of brown girls were, like, coming out with their, like, experiences with brown men, and most often than not, they were, like, very negative. They were, like, it was basically, like, another, like, wave of, like, Me Too movement, but it's, like, specifically in New York City. I don't know if it happened anywhere else, but I am from New York City, so I heard that the most, Um, and instead of, like, an environment of, like, healing and compassion and, like, 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 apologizing to the survivors, like, it just quickly, like, turned into this, this whole, like, cesspool of hate, and there was, like, so much victim blaming, so much slut shaming, mm-hmm. and I was, like, so frustrated, like, I literally, like, I was so, so angry that I just, like, got mm-hmm. up and, like, wrote, like, a six-page wow. long essay about this, um, and yeah. this was, like, actually the first time I had ever, like, made my writing public, like, my account itself was, like, on private before this, um, mm-hmm. And I did have a blog, but it was just like my followers would see what I wrote. And I was mostly like focused mm-hmm. on like poetry and like occasional like political um, articles. And then I made this public because I was like, I couldn't like personally respond to every brown boy, like victim blaming in like the right. survivors and mm-hmm. comments. 
so I just wrote this one thing um and I, I did not expect it to go viral like in any way um but I'm really happy it did because it like like set off like this explosion of a discussion that we were long overdue for for sure I think that piece was so necessary and like so long awaited and I think like it's incredible like kind of like the eloquent expressions that can come out of our rage because I felt like you managed to perfectly articulate a lot of the feelings I've been having towards brown men and the way I've been treated by them in the past. I'm curious to know what was the response to your post like? Like I know going viral can be like a really grueling experience sometimes. How did people react? Um, I, I, I think most of it was very supportive. I got so many DMs from like brown girls, even like brown aunties, like saying wow. like thank wow. you, like yeah. saying like thank you for the post, and they were like affirming like their own experiences with brown men. Um. I kind of like it was a lot it was a bit traumatic for me because like people would like come up and like tell me like their experiences and then I would kind of like like coach them through their emotions and that was like very taxing on me but I was like so glad I was like so glad people like felt like they could talk to me about that but overwhelmingly because my comment section was like so dominated by brown boys like hating on me yeah um I think that's all what people really like I like like the overall response was very positive it's just like the ones that people could see were all negative because brown boys mm-hmm. were like DMing me like really like Islamophobic sexist things or just like mm-hmm. commenting like that I was like a slut or like also like they were like saying profanities to me in Urdu which is like so much like more harsh than like having like if you could call me a slut in English I'll be fine but if you call me a slut in Urdu I'm like oh my fucking god like why would you say that um and then Oh my god! And then some brown boy actually like, hacked into my account and deleted my post. So oh I posted my god! Yeah, it was like close to like eighty thousand likes. Um, and like Mia Khalifa commented on it, um, and stuff. And then the next morning, I woke up and my friend texted me. She's like, "Why'd you take it down?" And I was like, "I didn't take it down." And then it turned out like someone like hacked into my account because I got the notification oh that god. someone had logged in. Oh, I'm so. so sorry that you went through all yeah. of this. That's like utter bullshit. Like the, just like the amount of vitriol I I like brown women face on the internet is like unreal. And like, thank you again for like what you did. Seriously, oh, like the audacity. I was so mad. Oh my God, but it's okay. It's back up now. Yeah, no. And also it's just so interesting to see like the dichotomy and responses that you got. Like, like, I mean, I got, honestly, I'm not very surprised to see, like, all these brown men getting defensive rather than, and you talk about this in your article, too, rather than, like, accepting and trying to, like, you know, fix what's going, you know, what's wrong in our community. Um, and, I, you know, I also really appreciate, like, the nuances that you have all throughout your piece. I think you did a great job of, um, you know, just really hitting all the points, but also verbalizing what a lot of women, especially in, like, the tri-state area, were feeling at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so let's like break it down a little bit. Um, I'm interested in your point about simps um, and you know how we treat men who do the bare minimum for women. Uh, the bottom tier was actually like just like rhetoric because that mm-hmm. is like the simplest form of sexism. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, like I don't think it's enough that brown boys do the bare minimum, right? Because like we've been like, it's not hard to do the bare minimum and they think they can mm-hmm. just like coast by on that and they don't ever acknowledge like the systemic oppression that women face in our communities. Um, yeah. And also like just the, like even when brown boys are like pretty feminist and woke, like their friends like will make fun of them, like call them a simp uh-huh. and stuff. Or, or it's like, oh, you know, you know that annoying comment, what, what do guys say? It's like, oh, I hope she sees this bro. It gets on my every last nerve. It's like, Ugh. it's not about like like woman validation. It's just about being like a nice person. So like, I don't, mm-hmm. I think brown boys get off the hook about like accountability, especially because like 
also because brown boys do like use like being woke as like a software persona and that, that makes it worse because right. they're like hidden misogynists mm-hmm. yeah no for sure I was actually just about to ask you your take on guys I, I feel like I see this a lot on like TikTok and social media guys who are intentionally kind of acting more feminine like in uh-huh. addition to feminists like I think like obviously I think like eyeliner and jewelry on men is like hot as fuck but sometimes like I wonder that we're like I worry that we're kind of getting into this sort of like wolf in sheep's clothing situation where guys like are trying to look visibly less threatening on the internet, but are still obviously like committing a lot of harm against women. And I'm wondering like what your experience with that has been. Um, I talked about how like so many brown boys like will brand themselves like allies or like leftists, mm-hmm. but their entire foundation is built on like the free labor, like labor of their like female friends who have like taught them. Yeah. To mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and it's like, that's the be all or like end all of their like relationship with women like they'll put eyeliner on the, and there's nothing wrong with men wearing eyeliner I'm not saying that just like they do it to appeal to like women and then I feel like those men are like worse than like ones who are like outright sexist mm-hmm. yeah no for sure very interesting um and that sort of brings me to like my next point um let's talk about brown guys obsession uh with Mia Khalifa so I, I put a disclaimer in my essay before I like started my Mia Khalifa section because she has said like some problematic stuff in the past. Um, but I've been following her for a long time. Um, my main like concern with her was that like she supported like this militant group that like led the genocide of like Palestinians in the refugee camp. Like she had a tattoo of them. Um, mm-hmm. And like she also called like wearing the hijab in her in her videos like satire. And I was like, we can hold her accountable for that. But like, that's not mm-hmm. But people like to pretend that she is the reason why Muslim women are like so sexualized. And that's just not the case. Mm-hmm. I'm like, and brown boys have like, like she was in the porn industry for like, I think three months. And she was like exploited the fuck out of like, she was never paid uh-huh. properly for her compensation. Right. Um, and like, they don't like they refuse to remove her videos. Like she's being actively like exploited. But every time, like, brown boys are, like, they see a girl with glasses and they're, like, oh, you look like Mia Khalifa, blah, blah. And it's, like, <laughs> yeah. they take such pleasure in, like, picking her apart for no reason. Like, she's, like, said time and time again that that was, like, a low point in her life. Like, she was there for three months. And I just don't think it's fair to, like, hold her past against her when she's, like, clearly changed. Like, even, like, for, like, the stuff, like, the other problematic stuff she's done. Um, I was just going to say, I think the whole, like, something else I take away with the whole Mia Khalifa thing is, like, I think brown boys are very keen to indulge, but also police. Um, yeah. And I think we see it a lot with, like, uh, even in just, like, like our, like our in thinking about brown boys in their day-to-day, right? Like, they'll want, like, a super sinscari wife, but they also want one that's, like, like you know, crazy in the sheets. Uh, but, uh, like, you know, in the streets, she needs to be super, like, like um, obedient and, like, you know, it, it's a, such an interesting um, sort of play that goes on. Yeah, also, like, if you look at, like, any Muslim-majority country or, like, South Asia in general, they have, like, almost the highest rate of, like, porn consumption, and they will police the hell out of their women. It's because they know, mm-hmm. like, how lustful and how, like, mm-hmm. like evil the male gaze is. Right. Yeah, I was just going to say, they, they're aware of, like, the danger of their gaze, the predatory nature, and then they direct women to, like, kind of like protect themselves from the gaze like they'll police what women wear they'll tell them like what they can and can't do and just like the cognitive dissonance in that sometimes just like really astounds me another subject I'm kind of curious about is like like I'm sure this has happened to both of you I know I I face them on like the day-to-day basis is like just like the massive amounts of horny brown men in my dms Mm -hmm. it's it almost (laughs) sometimes I get to them when I see white girls ridiculing them on tiktok 
but at right. the same time like I deal with them too like I've gotten so many like marriage proposals like it's like an obscene number in the past couple of months what are your thoughts on that like why do you think it's so common like what are some like ways that you've been reacting to it um I used to get a lot of those like horny dms and now I just get like death threats and like Hindu nationalists oh, like, yelling at me in my um dm so yeah, I'm not sure like which which one I would prefer but when I did get them it was like very aggressive too it's like why aren't you opening our messages why aren't you like doing this and it's just like it, it's very like it's literally harassment and mm-hmm. I don't know like mm-hmm. how to deal with it other than just blocking them um yeah so this dm thing in specific has gotten me to really think about like how culture has given like a rise to these men uh mm-hmm. and in their persistence right like I'm thinking specifically about Bollywood um like a hero like a hero will always like chase after a heroine and they'll be super persistent um and Mm -hmm. even if he says no they'll think it's like you know something that doesn't need to be taken seriously and Uh they'll and they'll still pursue her um so it's just interesting to see how like all of that stuff has like transcended completely to like like even dms and just the way how like brown men will approach brown women is it Kabir sake where he like slaps her and the director was like oh if you can't slap your like loved one how do you know you're in love and it's like, yeah. it just normalizes like such toxic masculinity. And like, and honestly, I think movies like that make us kind of numb to gender-based violence as a whole. Because I mm-hmm. see it in Pakistani dramas all the time. Like Pakistani dramas will shy away from like showing affection or like kisses. Like I've never seen like a lip kiss on screen, but like, you know, like forehead kisses are okay. Mm-hmm. But they have no problem like slapping a woman across her face or like, you know, alluding to rape scenes. And I just think it's, it's, making us very like devoid of sensitivity and like empathy for a woman in general and that kind of brings us to our last question um so what do you think needs to change with brown men okay um basically everything but I think starting (laughs) starting with accountability or like not being so stubborn and defensive when like being presented with literal like facts and like years and years of shared experience of brown girls like they're so like Mm -hmm. quick to dismiss it as like a one-time thing but they don't understand they all benefit from like the toxic like patriarchy that is so prevalent in our cultures um so I just think like first of all acknowledging your privilege and being held accountable and like also like stop asking the woman in your life to do all the work for you like to explain Mm -hmm. feminism to you like the Orth March happened in Pakistan uh, yesterday and there was a guy there with like a poster saying I'm a potential feminist like does anyone want to like explain these topics to me and the topic were like marital rape abortion mm. rights oh LGBTQ my God. rights and it's like they have such audacity that that I could mm-hmm. never imagine like going to a protest like that like that it's just like the sheer lack of like empathy they have and and brain cells I just <laughs> I would just really like brown men to like shut up and listen to brown women like without making like without taking everything as a personal attack. No, that's so valid. I think that's what we're all aspiring for. But once again, thank you so much for writing your incredible piece. Thank you. Thank you. This is great. Thank you. We have a long way to go with building trust and healing millennia of trauma at the hands of brown men. But we're also hoping that men can get with the program and work actively as allies following the leadership of brown women and femmes. For sure. And next week, we'll be talking to some of the brown men themselves. And yet, I cannot stop thinking about what Madonna said. You know the quote, like, God created men because vibrators can't load a lawn. <laughs> 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 um, but giveaway alert. 
Um, until you can find your lawnmower, we do have vibrators for our listeners. We're teaming up with the amazing Sweet Vibes to give away two vibrators to listeners of Brown Sugar. Find the rules for entry on our TikTok at Brown Sugar Pod. And even if you can't win the giveaway, we have a promo code for a 10% discount, which you can find on our Instagram at the Brown Sugar Pod. So please do enter in our giveaway, tag your friends, tag your sisters. We're wishing all of you lots of self-love and pleasure. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Brown Sugar. I'm Malavika Kennan. And I'm Pranjal Jane. And this is Brown Sugar. Woo! ट्रैपीटा सिर कट कट दे स्पीकर च बजते ब्राउन मुंडे 